Uh, well, glad you're here. Yeah, I'm amazed. I figured it would be uh, about four of us, but uh, you are the hearty one, so uh, nice job. Uh, remember, uh, we are going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ with the resurrection of many of us who were dead in our sins and now are alive. And we're going to have a baptism right over here on uh, Easter Sunday. And did you know that's only two weeks away, Greg? Two weeks, Easter. So uh, there you go, planning. We're going to have a class next Sunday in the family cry room. So if you want to come and cry with your family and me, uh, we'll talk about baptism next Sunday. There's a sign-up sheet out in the hallway. I think that's enough announcements. I want to begin this morning, morning Scott, with a what if. I knew you were here. When we talked about rising from the dead, I said, there's Scott's over there. Yeah, he's celebrating. That's fun. We're going to do a what if story. Can you handle that? What if? What if uh, my wife Denise and I uh, and uh, she's not here with us today. She's not feeling well. But if we had a horrible fight, like that would never happen, right? <laughs> right? Anyway, I'm at fault, uh, and I storm out, and I just decide I'm going to walk down to church. And now sitting outside underneath the, uh, the uh, roofed-in uh, portico area, is Larry Jones' motorcycle, one of the fast ones, you know, and I'm thinking, <laughs> wouldn't I like to take a little joy ride, clear my head on that? And I look in, and sure enough, the keys are in the ignition. So feeling like I could use a little ride, I, I decide, without permission, to go for a little cruise on Larry Jones' motorcycle. And because I haven't uh, ridden a motorcycle in 40 years... Uh, there was a day I owned one, uh, and because I'm angry, I go way too fast, head to Boyne City, and the final curve as you're coming into Boyne City, I'm going way too, too quick, and uh, the bike and me smash into a tree. So now, I'm in the hospital, uh, Larry's stuck at church, calling Kathy, can you come get me? Uh, my leg is mangled, and so is Larry's bike. Uh, and at the hospital, they report to me they can't save my leg. They're going to have to amputate my right leg. So that's not so good. So uh, when I come back six weeks later to preach, I'm on crutches. Do you think Denise will forgive me? What do you think? Come on, give me some hope. Okay, yeah. yeah, don't just hold it in. Do you think Larry Jones will forgive me? <laughs> well, it, it might take a little, a little bit of time for Larry. Will you and the church family, will you forgive me for being such a, such a ditz? Yeah, okay. So everything's great now. It's like it never happened all is well. But wait... <laughs> My right leg is still missing, okay? Um, will my leg grow back? I thought everything was forgiven. 
I, I thought everything was good. How come my right leg, unless the Lord does an absolute miracle, and I'm not excluding the fact the Lord couldn't, but most of the time I'm stuck missing a right leg for the rest of my life, facing a lifetime of consequences for my actions. Okay? I sowed foolishness and anger and, and theft and speed and now I'm going to reap a lasting reminder for the rest of my life. That's what we're going to talk about here this morning. It's a really a simple law, but it's one that many times, here's the thing, I think I'll be the exception to this law. Okay? There's something in our heads that say, I get it, I understand it, I believe it, but I think just this one time or, or maybe in this area of my life, I don't think this law will apply to me. It's God's universal law of life. It really is. Whatever we sow in this life, just like the farmer putting seeds in the ground, whatever we sow is what we harvest. That's it. You can go home now. Okay? Locate on your phone, locate in your Bible, Galatians chapter 6. Uh, God's Word is very clear. He's established this law for everybody. And there ain't no exception to the rule here. None. There isn't. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read Galatians 6, verses 7 to 10. God's universal law of life. Read with me. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Let's pray. Lord, uh, your word is clear and simple enough for a 10-year-old to understand what you had Paul write down. So Lord, would you help us to understand it and believe it and uh, care enough to align our lives with your inspired book. And Lord, where we think we're the exception where we think we're going to get away with uh, not living in alignment with your book, would you wake us up this morning? Uh, we don't want our lives wrapped around a tree. We want our lives to be under your hand of blessing. That's what we're asking for. I pray for those here in the family who've had a painful challenging, difficult week. 
Would you rain down your grace and your goodness and your mercy and your love, especially on them today? And Lord, uh, one more time, I'm going to ask, would you, would you help us to adjust our thinking and adjust our lives to be in agreement with what you've so graciously and lovingly told us? So we love you. We invite your spirit now today. Pray for those watching online. I pray for those who are here in person. We need you, Lord. And all the church family gathered at Walloon, watching online, said with one expectant voice, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Here's the first challenge, verse 7, look at it with me. Don't be misled. He starts off right out of the bat. Don't, don't be misled. It's, it's easy in the world today with all sources of information, I would say mostly sources of misinformation coming at us from all different angles. Okay, you got movies, you've got music, you've got YouTube, you've got the Google, and they're presenting all sorts of facts, information. But most of it is live for today, make up your own rules, uh, do whatever makes you happy, uh, float your own boat, don't worry about the consequences, it's going to work fine. That's most of the information coming at us, summarized. The Apostle Paul starts off this section saying, uh, just make sure that you be careful what you believe. It's a little bit like when you go to your fridge and you open up the door and you grab the milk. You ever had milk and you're a little bit suspect whether uh, this milk should be uh, drink or not. Uh, so what do you do before you just pour yourself a glass of milk? I, here's what I do. I'm looking at the expiration date, and it, it's close. It's close. Okay? So second, after you look at the expiration date, then you do the old sniff test, right? And you're trying to remember, what does cottage cheese smell like? Okay. And, and then, okay, now I, I might just taste a little, just, just a little. I, I don't want to be grossed out, okay? And then finally, I'll pour myself a glass, okay? So here's my point. If we go to all that trouble to protect our stomachs, why don't we go to the same trouble at least to protect our minds? Why do we just allow stuff in to our thinking and we never even sniff it? We never even check whether it, the source is reputable. We're, we're just quickly drinking and, and I'm telling you right from the start, Paul says, when it comes to information, don't be misled. We're easily deceived. Some of these folks who are trying to get you to believe stuff are really smart. They're really clever. 
And they're trying to mislead us. Don't be misled. Back to the text. Here's the second point that Paul makes. He says, don't be misled. You can't mock the Lord. You will always harvest what you plant. We will always harvest what we plant. If you plant watermelon seeds, what are you going to harvest in a few months? Watermelon. If you plant an orange tree and you live where they don't have so much snow, eventually you're going to harvest oranges. If you desire strawberries, don't look in grapevines for strawberries to grow. Uh, Don't be looking for red delicious apples where the potatoes have been planted into the ground. It just, we know that. It makes sense. Every farmer knows that. Don't be misled. You can't mock the Lord. You'll always harvest what you plant. Don't fool yourself. We always will reap what we've planted. Now here's what I started off with, and this is the theme of today. But I'm pretty sure I can be the exception to this rule. I'm pretty sure the Lord loves me, and therefore I can plant a seed and I will get something different than I actually planted. I I think I can be the one exception to this universal law of life. Meaning, I can plant no seeds and reap a great harvest, or I can plant lousy seed and still get a great harvest. I can plant few seeds and don't do any work with it, and I'm still going to have a great harvest. Okay? Let me give you several examples to this. Okay? Here we go. Uh, This is what I call stinking thinking. Okay? And and I, I don't know about you, but over the years... I've done my fair share of stinking thinking, okay? And I suspect you have too. Here's example number one. I'm the farmer, and last year was really hard, and I planted really good seed, and I bought good fertilizer, and I worked the ground, and yeah, I got a harvest, but it wasn't as great as I thought it should be. So this year, I'm going to plant... Less seed, I found a deal, and I'm going to skip the fertilizer, and I'm not going to do much on working the ground, but I'm pretty sure I'm still going to get the same harvest as I did last year. That's, That's the farmer example, okay? Now, why... Would the farmer think that way? What, what would you say to the farmer uh, right now? If you know his plan, what are you going to say to the farmer? And you're going to say, say it with me, you reap what you sow. Okay? That's true in every situation. Okay? Let me give you another example. I'm a student, <coughs> and now I'm away from home. And I really don't enjoy going to class, so I skip most of my classes. And I don't like to study, so I don't study much. And I don't like going to bed, so I stay up way too late. 
I rarely crack a book, but I still believe that I'm going to harvest good grades. Okay? Don't go to class. Don't study. Don't read the book. But in my head, I still think I'm going to be okay. I still think I'm going to make the dean's list. I think I'm going to graduate just fine. And then I'm shocked when I get C's and D's and F's. Why on earth am I shocked? What, what would you counsel this student? What would you say to them? And here's what you should counsel them. Hey, student, say it with me. You reap what you sow. I'm sorry. That's true. As a student, I'm the worker, and on the job, I'm not very motivated. Matter of fact, if Myron is my boss, I don't do much until he tells me to do something. And then I'll only do the minimum, and most of the time, I'm whining and complaining whatever he's asking me to do as my boss, and yet I'm still convinced that I deserve raises and promotions. Why not, right? So, do you have any advice for this unmotivated, untrained, unhelpful worker? And your advice would be, hey buddy, you reap what you sow. Okay? Okay. I'm the spender. I don't like budgets. I don't like Dave Ramsey. I find them restricting and confining. So I spend frequently and freely. And I charge whatever I want. And yet I'm convinced that I'm still going to stay out of debt and my bank account is going to remain healthy. Huh. Any thoughts for this spender? Okay, think about it with me. I'm just going to spend however I want. And I like to spend. makes me feel good. Okay? Uh, you're going you're gonna to reap a mountain of debt, headache, stress. Why is that? Up here. Dan's got it up here. Because, say it, we reap what we sow. We do. We do. Okay? Now I'm going to step on some toes, my own included. I'm the eater. And I love donuts. And I love Whoppers and onion rings and ice cream and deep dish pizza. And I could go on. Okay. Wendy's chili. Yeah. But I'm still going to stay slim and healthy and rarely exercise. And of course, I'll never need bypass surgery. Um, and I don't, I don't exercise because who wants to sweat? Um, so any thoughts... For me, as the eater, uh, what, what would you say? Say it. Say it with me. We reap what we sow. It's true. It's true in every area of our lives. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm living in the fast lane. I'm busy. I'm hectic. I just don't have time to, to spend much time other than maybe a minute McNugget here or there. Um, and, and I don't talk to the Lord much because I'm talking on the phone. I'm busy. got things going on. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I can still keep a close, personal, koinonia relationship with Christ going on in my life. And I'm shocked when my relationship with Christ grows lukewarm. Any advice for this busy, fast-paced, 
follower of Jesus, what would you say to him? And, and the answer is, say it, say it. We reap what we sow. We, we do. We do in our real walk with Christ. Okay, two more. I'm the husband or the wife in a marriage. We rarely talk. We rarely spend much time together. We rarely date or have fun. But we're still going to have a great marriage. I'm not going to do the things I know I should do, um, but I believe it'll still work out fine and will still be good. Any suggestions for this couple? And, and the answer is, you better be careful because what? We reap what we sow. It's true. It's really true. Okay? Last one. I'm a follower of Jesus and I know... I should give generously because Jesus has given me generously. But you know what? The bills are big and the budget is small. So you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give pretty sparingly to Jesus and his church and his kingdom. And, and I'm pretty sure that even though I'm not putting any seed in the ground, that Jesus will still cause a great harvest to grow up for me and my family. Actually, there's a verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, this very illustration talking about giving. Here's, here's what uh, Paul explains to the church in Corinth and the church in Walloon. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop okay so he actually answers that very illustration okay you plant just a few seeds then you can expect just a few seeds worth of harvest but if you plant generously and give generously expect a generous crop god's universal law of life applies to my life it applies to your life it applies to your children, your grandchildren, your mom, your dad, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your co-workers, your church. It applies to everybody. Whatever area you're cheating and holding back and not sowing much seed or sowing inferior seed and not putting in much effort or work, then that's the harvest you should plan on. That's the harvest we should expect. It's so simple, but I'm telling you, we have the capacity to think, I, I get it, I do, I even believe it, but I'm pretty sure I can skate by this time. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get by on this because I'm the exception to the rule. Back to the text, verse 8. Paul says there's only two soils that we can plant our lives into. I think this is interesting. Verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. So you have the soil of decay and death from the sinful nature, but those who plant or live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
The word decay, if you, if you plant to the old sinful nature, that word is referring to rotting corpses in the grave. Okay? Um, they're decomposing, they smell, they're rotten, they're putrid. That's what the old sinful flesh produces. That's the best. Okay? So think with me, when we plant to the one soil, the old sinful nature, uh, it's like a rotting, putrid corpse. Okay? Meaning, you can either plant to the old sinful, rotten, uh, fleshy nature, or you can put your seed into the Spirit of Christ living in us and let it take root. Okay? And there's two opposite results. Look back at verse 8. We harvest decay and death through our old sinful natures, or we harvest, what does it say? Everlasting life. Isn't that good? Everlasting life. starts today, and it will have results for all of eternity. That, that's pretty cool. Okay? Um, here's Paul's point. We're all sowing our lives every day, every moment to something. Okay? Think with me. Every decision that we make, every action we take, every word we speak is either in the flesh or it's in the spirit. And there is no in-between. We like to ride the fence. Oh, I'm, I'm somewhere in between. No, no. You're, you're either filled with Jesus and His Spirit right now, or you're filled with old, selfish, sinful you right now. There, there's no in-between. You've either taken the time this morning to welcome Jesus in, morning Jesus, and come on in and take charge, fill me with streams of living water, Jesus, come on, you're in charge, you're on the throne, you're driving. Or, if you didn't do that, remember the default setting? Now, old, sinful, selfish you is in charge. It's either one or the other at any given moment. So life really does boil down to this option. Are you going to please Jesus with your life today? Or are you going to serve yourself? You're just going to allow your old, sinful, selfish you to run your life. Okay? And, and I'm telling you, the results, <laughs> you look at verse 8 and you go, whoa. The results are drastic. So do old, sinful, selfish flesh, corruption, decay, death. Or, so to Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit and that has eternal, everlasting results. Whoa. So we need to stop and consider, just for a moment with me now, every action, every thought, every word is a seed being planted. So how you been doing recently? Think with me. I, I, if we followed you around last week, mostly seeds to Jesus and His kingdom, 
Did you take the time to welcome Jesus every day? Come on, Jesus. I need you. Come take charge. Come sit on the throne. Okay? Was that uh, what was going on most of last week? Or did you just go with your default setting and you just charge into your life? And I'm telling you, that's the decay. That's the corrupt. That's the old sinful, selfish flesh. And we wonder why we have struggles in life. And we wonder why there's so much craziness going on around us. Back to the text, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. I like so practical, Paul. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't, say it with me, Give up. Give up. Yeah. We're, you know what? This, this, this life, I said this a few weeks ago, but it's true. It's just so daily. Isn't it? It's like, got another day today, and then tomorrow, what are you going to have? Another one. And, and sometimes, inviting Jesus to come take charge, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. Okay, that's honest. But do you feel like, well, I'm just going to make a bunch of death and decay and putrid uh, fruit going today. So, okay, you don't feel like inviting Jesus in, but do you feel like having all of, of the ugly fruit that affects everybody around you? Okay, that's true. Here's the truth. Paul's reminding us. God offers a return for our efforts. He does. A good return. A great return. A lasting, everlasting return. A harvest is coming. Keep sowing good, godly Jesus seed. Now let me tell you a little story. I, don't, I think we got them for free. I, I don't know if they came on a bag of potato chips or something, but... Uh, Either Mark Bando, one of my childhood friends, or I got some some carrot seeds, and and I, and I think somewhere, somehow, maybe my dad bought some uh, Roundup or something. Who knows? Uh, but on the bag, on it was attached some carrot seeds. So I was eight or nine, and Mark Bando and I decided we never had a garden, so let's plant a garden. Okay. Um, so behind my house is a garage, and there's kind of an area that nobody can see. So dads gave us permission, okay, you can rip up the sod and plant some seeds. And then Mark Bando said, well, I want some seeds in my house. So we got uh, permission from his dad and ripped up the sod and planted some carrot seeds in his ground and in my ground, okay? Now, when you're eight or nine, you plant seeds and you assume the next morning, what are you going to have? It's, yeah, I'm going, the carrots will be there, yeah. So, you know, we're out there and, oh, we must not have watered good enough, so water, uh, you know, and the next morning and the next morning and the next morning and every day we're running out because we're expecting carrots ready to eat. And it seemed like forever. Uh, and eventually, 
Oh, got a little sprout. And, and my, my dad said, well, they're not ready to eat yet. That just means it, it took root. That's a good sign. Good. But now you're going to have to be patient uh, because they're not ready. Um, eventually, Dad looked at it, and uh, I suspect he probably tested. Uh, but he, he finally gave us the thumbs up, and he said, you know what, boys? I think you're ready to actually pull the carrots up. And that's exactly what we did. And I think, as I recall, I had six or seven carrots, and Mark Bando had six or seven carrots, okay? Um, but here's my point. It felt like forever till those seeds turned into carrots, okay? Now go back to the text. That's Paul's point, verse 9. It takes time for the harvest to come, okay? Followers of Jesus, Paul's saying, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep sowing daily Jesus and His Holy Spirit, the good seeds, the good fruit. Keep planting because you're going to be tempted to quit. These are hard days. These are challenging days. Uh, you're going to be tempted to quit. So resist sowing to the old sinful flesh, okay? Uh, and keep on sowing to Jesus, okay? And here's the point. Give me your eyes. We're, we're not done yet because I want you to understand something. When you sow to the old flesh, the carrots are right away. Okay? That's the difference. Okay? When you sow to the new nature and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that takes time. But if you want to sow to the old sinful flesh, you want to just you can't afford a new car, but you just go buy one anyway, guess what? You get to drive it right away. You understand? You can do stuff in the old sinful flesh and get instant gratification. The carrots are right there for the picking. And, and that's the difference. And, and you know, if, if you want to look at images on the internet that are wrong in sin, that's instant. Whereas if you sow into your wife or your husband and you build a relationship, that takes time. Do you understand the difference? One is instant, and it's quick, and it's easy. The other one takes time. When we invest in the kingdom of Christ, we're, we're asking ourselves, verse 9, is this ever going to have harvest? Am I ever going to get any carrots from this? He says, don't get tired, don't Follow your temptation to quit. Literally, give me your eyes, the word here applies to a woman who's very pregnant and now she's weary of being pregnant. Remember, ladies? Do you understand what I'm talking about? And you're weary and you're tired and, and, and he's saying, the, the Greek word here, don't, don't grow weary because the baby's coming. And pretty soon you're going to be holding a beautiful baby. Hang in there because good stuff is coming. Verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good.
to everyone. Okay? So, so splash good seeds. Splash the good fruit to everybody. But then he adds, I like this, especially to those in the family of faith. Yeah, do extra good stuff. Show extra love and grace and kindness to those who you share Jesus with. Yeah, they, they should get the first fruits of your good stuff. Every day, Jesus is putting people in our path. You understand that? It's an opportunity arranged by God. The opportunity means a fixed measure of time. The time of our birth, the time of our death, and every time in between is God's time. And he's working in our lives. Paul's pleading, take these opportunities to do good. Encourage each other. Compliment each other. Build each other up. That's what he's saying here. When your coworker is struggling uh, and we care enough to listen, that's what we're, we're loving. When a fellow student has trouble and we're there for them, when we have a family member in need and we give them a hand, all opportunities from the Lord. So uh, what's the message for us today? Okay? Here's conclusion. Stand strong. Don't quit. Don't give up. Okay? Church, let's, let's resist daily the urge just to let the preset of the old flesh just run our lives. That, that's, that's the temptation. I'm tired. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like. Or, no, I'm going to take the time and make the effort to welcome Jesus in. Come on in, Jesus. Take a seat. I need you. You sit front and center. You take charge of my mouth, my mind, my will. Jesus, you and your fruit, come on. Flow in my life. It really is. Every day, it's a battle. It's a choice. Take time to welcome Jesus and His Spirit into our lives. Here, here's what you need to know. Jesus knows what's going on in your life. He wants to bring you success. He wants to bring you fruit. He wants you to uh, shine in the opportunities that He's bringing your way. Are, are you ready? Are, are you ready for Him to bring good opportunities to your life? This reminds me of one of my favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 15.58 1 Corinthians 15.58 So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. <clears throat> Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Why don't you read that with me as we close. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless uh -uh, uh -uh. let's pray final question do you know Jesus personally do you life is short death is sure eternity is long <laughs> but now is the time and here's the challenge Hebrews 3.15 Today, if you hear God's voice speaking to you, don't harden your hearts against Him.
If you've never received Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, God says, at just the right time, I heard you. And I'm ready to come into your life right now. So whether you're here in person or you're watching online, today is the day of salvation. And this very well might be your opportunity to become a child of Christ. How do you do that? It starts with believing. That's faith. Jesus, I believe you are the sinless Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus, I believe you took on a human body, lived a sinless life. Jesus, I believe you took my place on the cross. And Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my sin problem. I believe you took my place in the grave. Jesus, I believe early Sunday morning you arose from the dead. I believe you did that for me. One more verb. And right now, Jesus, I receive. I welcome you into my life. I I need all the good stuff that you and your spirit can bring to me. I want to be your kid. I want to follow you. I receive you as Savior and Lord. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to choose to do it your way and live strong for you. Perfectly? Of course not. But I'm going to start growing with you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us clear instructions for life. Help us to daily welcome you, to take charge. We praise you that you're greater than our old sinful nature. You're greater than our old sinful enemy, Satan. Help us in your power and in your spirit to walk strong with you in the week ahead. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things.